What's up? I'm Amanda Costco, and you're listening to the Electric Runway Podcast, a podcast exploring the intersection of fashion and technology. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so excited to have you listening. Here's what I've been working on this week. Can apparel change the way we perceive a sport or activity? Think about the relationship between Nike and basketball, Adidas and soccer, or Lululemon and yoga. Earlier this month, I had the opportunity to sit down with an entrepreneur who's creating line of apparel for female cyclists. Emily Welsh says the world of cycling is dominated by men and the clothing reflects it. She says options designed for female comfort are few and far between, but she has a solution. Pixie Cycling describes itself as technical apparel meets fashion. Through her line of clothing, Emily hopes to make the sport more inclusive and to build a community of women who ride. Pixie is part of the athleisure trend, an area that has seen growth over the years despite the fact that the fashion industry is at an all-time low since the 2008 recession. Despite this rut, performance sportswear is growing and is estimated to be valued at $78 billion. Here to talk more about Pixie, technical apparel, and even a special offer for Electric Runway listeners is Emily Welsh of Pixie Cycling. So, Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be here. So, for those who don't know, give us the high-level brief. What is Pixie Cycling, and where are you from? So, Pixie Cycling is a Boston-based athletic wear company focused on providing active wear for the modern woman cyclist. And so, on your website, you describe Pixie Cycling as technical apparel for the modern cyclist, which is why you reached out to me because, you know, Electric Runway, we cover the intersection of fashion and tech. So, tell us, what is technical about your leggings? So, our leggings are technical in that they're made specifically for cycling, both indoor and outdoor. What makes them technical is a few different elements. It's reinforcing the seams something that is really important when you're in cycling, and also minimizing seams as well. The other thing that's super technical about our apparel is that we designed proprietary technology around the padding that you use. We're calling it a tush kush. So it's specially designed just for women. The nice thing about it is that it's contoured to your anatomy, sort of like a padded bra for your butt, but it provides the technical kind of padding and protection that you need while you're riding a bike. The other thing that's nice about it is that it's removable. So instead of regular kind of cycling shorts that have padding that's sewn in and have kind of a diaper-like appearance, this is very contoured, but also the removable element means that you can use the leggings for things outside of cycling. Yeah. And so you're speaking to a specific problem here. Maybe we'll flesh that out a little bit. When you got involved in cycling, you noticed that there was a kind of barrier to entry and the clothing was actually a part of that. Maybe you could talk about that a little bit for our audience who perhaps doesn't cycle. So when I first got involved in cycling, the reason why actually I was a runner and it really enjoyed running and running is something that's totally accessible to anyone. You just need a pair of shoes and you can get out and run anywhere. I got into cycling because a number of friends at my university were into it. They kind of prompted me to get involved in the world of competitive racing. And once I got into it, I really loved it. But it took a little bit of effort because there were all these hurdles. The bike is very expensive. The apparel is very expensive. Do you live in a place that's nice enough year-round that you can get out and ride your bike? And if not, can you pay for all of the winter gear that you need? So there were just a lot of both kind of the financial side, but also I kind of looked around and I realized it's mostly men 
that cycle outdoors. And I wanted to find a way to bring more women into the sport because I had so much enjoyment in doing it, but find a way that kind of met them halfway. So something that really supported women's form, starting from like something that's fashion forward, something that fits, and also wanted to make it more accessible in the way that it was comfortable as well in, in, in the padding and having something that's really catered and custom to women. And so it's interesting because we know that you can't patent a black legging, but you have patented this way of presenting it or the technology that's in it. Can you talk about the intellectual property that you're protecting in addition to protecting women's parts? Yes. So our patent is really structured more around a system. So it's not the legging. It's not the tushkush. It is really about how the two come together and provide something that's greater than them individually. And what's nice about it is that it's really about how it fits into the pant. There's there's other removable pads out there on the market that have done marginally okay. The problem with them is that they sort of slide around. They have a silicone backing, and they sort of slide around in, inside the pant, which can actually cause more problems with chafing and other things. With ours, it's nice that it actually secures into the pant, and that's part of where we were able to patent around. And the other nice thing about that is that because it is removable, you have so much extra versatility with the pant as well. And so the idea is, is that I could be taking my soul cycle class in the morning and then I could remove the pad, put it in the mesh bag and then go to brunch with my girlfriends and not have to look like I'm wearing diaper pants essentially. Exactly right. So if, you, if you're an indoor cyclist, that's a great use case for it. Also, if you're an outdoor cyclist, it's nice to be able to like come off of your bike and walk into a restaurant or a coffee shop and not feel like you're waddling around in something that's really noticeable. You can take it out right away if you want to. If you left it in, people probably wouldn't be able to see it anyways because it's so contoured. Another use case that I really love is that if you are a triathlete, it's a very easy transition to go from one sport to another. So you literally can come out of the water, put in the pad, it takes no more than 10 seconds to ride the bike. You get off the bike, remove the pad, and you have your run, and it's completely seamless. That's great. So we know that athleisure is a growing trend, but what makes you think that there's a gap in the legging market? We've touched on it a little bit, but I mean, people will go to the website, which is, is it pixiecycling.com? Perfect. So people will go to the website at Pixie Cycling, they'll see it, and they'll think maybe, is there room on the market for another black legging? So when I started Pixie Cycling, the last thing in the world that I wanted to do was enter an active wear market that's very saturated. At this point, there's no barrier to entry to get involved in active wear. The reason why I saw this opportunity is that you have active wear that's very fashion forward. You have like the Nike and the Lululemons of the world that are they're catering to someone who wants to be active but also wants to look good and feel good. And that feeling of looking good and feeling good fuels their fitness as well. If you look on the purely like competitive cycling gear, it's so it's almost overly engineered so that it's really not anything you'd want to wear off the bike. It's not attractive, it's not flattering. So for us our space where we see that there is a huge gap that's really not being addressed is something that is still technical and meant for cycling but looks so good and feels so good that you can wear it anywhere else. Great. And so Right now, you're currently in pre-launch, but when the website goes live and the products go up, what are people going to see when they visit the website and what will be the retail price of the leggings? 
So I'll start with your last question. So our leggings are going to, right now for pre-order, they are at 120 that's USD American. And that comes with the legging, it comes with our tushkush and a mesh bag that you can put the tushkush into. It's all machine washable, so you can wash it and then hang dry everything and it comes out perfectly. So in November, we're planning our full e-com launch, which I'm absolutely psyched about. And we have our full line of apparel coming out. So we have what you'll see is the the ride and rack legging, which is what I just described, but also we'll have a full length legging. And we're also right now working on a riding short that is absolutely amazing. It does not ride up on you. So you can also remove the pad and wear it for running and not be constantly pulling down the short as you're running. And then in terms of tops, we have a crop top that has an interior bra included in that. And we're also, we have a sports bra and a tank top as well that are all like technically made for cycling, but don't look like it. And when we get to the end of our conversation today, we're going to talk about a discount for Electric Runway listeners for the pre-order on the pants specifically. So I'm excited to share that with our audience. You're going to sell online. You're going to sell direct to consumer. Do you have any plans to go in store? We do. We've been talking, and I can't say anything officially quite yet, but we have been talking with some major spin studios. We're hoping to be able to distribute there. Also, some really amazing bike shops that have locations all around the U.S. and also have great online presence. So we're, we're kind of hoping that we can sell you know, through a few different channels. And so you're originally, as I understand it, you were going to launch on Kickstarter, but then you ended up canceling your campaign. Why did you decide to revise your strategy? So launching on Kickstarter was one of the best things that I ever did. As an entrepreneur, they always say, you know, try your idea and fail fast. There's so much you can learn from putting your product out on Kickstarter. And what I did when I put it out there is, you know, I collected a lot of feedback from people. I understood a lot more about our marketing Kickstarter in itself is a marketing game. It's not just about putting your product out there and seeing if there's enough demand. That's not what it's about. It's about your ability to really, truly market something. So for us, I think we had you know a series of different things that we learned from that, and we came out the other end much stronger. So I do love talking about it, and if anyone has, you know, if there's anyone in the audience that's thinking about launching a Kickstarter and wants some tips and tricks, I'm happy to help with that. And so you're from Boston. You said that there's an exploding soul cycle movement in Boston. We're recording here at East Room in Toronto, and there's a burgeoning cycle scene here in Toronto as well. But describe for us the startup scene in Boston. Is it a good place to launch a startup right now? How are you finding it in terms of the tech community? So Boston is a great place to launch a startup right now. You know, I'm focused more in the fashion and active wear at the moment. So I have to say that that community is a little bit of a smaller community, but there's something really special about that. It's not a competitive place. It's just a bunch of small fish in a small ocean (laughs) or maybe a small pond. I don't know. And what's nice about that is that everyone is very collaborative and ready to help. I would say the other thing that's really nice about Boston is we have the Mass Challenge Accelerator, which is known worldwide. It's amazing. They don't take any equity and they give a lot of funding. So it's a great place and they accept applications all around the world. 
And we also have some amazing co-working spaces. So we have the Cambridge Innovation Center and Impact Hub, which is where Pixie Cycling lives right now. And where are you manufacturing your line? So our manufacturing story has been a really interesting one. I think that manufacturing, when you're doing any physical product, is kind of always where you run into challenges. It tests your ability to communicate, to make friends, to build relationships, to negotiate, to not panic. And <laughs> for us, we really wanted initially to keep our product in the U.S. And there's such a there's such a force behind that too to try to keep things local. So we started off doing that. We kept them very local and started off in Massachusetts. And then we also tried a few other factories throughout the U.S., two other locations outside of Massachusetts. In the end, when I made the decision, it came down to quality. I promised myself I wasn't going to make a decision on price alone and sort of did a blind fit test where I just had you know samples made at all these different factories, which can be expensive, but I figured it's better to do it right and figure out, you know, the right relationship. And in the end, we found that the best quality product, the best communication actually came from Asia. So now we're manufacturing primarily in China and also looking to manufacture in Vietnam. And so one thing we haven't touched on yet is the actual materials of the leggings. So when I was looking at your website, I saw that they were moisture wicking, they were high performance, technical, everything we'd expect from a technical legging. So what are they actually made of? So the legging itself is a blend of polyester and elastane. The other thing that we wanted is we wanted just the right amount of compression. So it's about 23% elastane, which means that not only does it give you that compression while you're on the bike, which feels nice, but it also is comfortable enough that you can wear it for other things. And I can vouch for the fact that I wear mine all of the time for everything. <laughs> Something else on materials that might be interesting for your listeners is that the pad itself, so going through the manufacturing process to develop the foam piece and having it contoured was a three-month-long experiment. We went through over 12 different prototypes for each, each of these things. You know, the aluminum molds have to be made. And we actually found that rather than manufacturing foam that is just the same as any other cycling pad... We wanted to create something that was much more familiar to women. So it actually is more similar, as I mentioned, like as a padded bra. But the actual foam is somewhat between like a Tempur-Pedic mattress and a padded bra form. So it's very comfortable. And the other thing is that we, we had to develop a completely new manufacturing process around it. So it took us a long time, but I think what you'll find is that it's not like anything else that's out there. Yeah, and when we, when we were taking a look at the sample that you brought, you know, one of the things we noticed right away is that the way it hooks in is exactly like a bra strap would hook in. So again, it's about making that experience familiar for women so that they're not sitting around fiddling with it, thinking, what do I do with this? They know how it works because it's an experience that they've encountered before. And one of the other interesting things that we were talking about is the patent that you have can actually be extended to a fuller suite of products. It's not just the one legging and the one color. So tell us about that. So our brand is really around this active wear kind of apparel. But the way that we did the patenting is that we really wanted to make cycling accessible to women no matter what they're doing and whatever they're wearing while they're on a bike. So the way that we did it is we actually made this patented system 
that can be incorporated into clothes that we make that might be more commuter. So we might end up doing a commuter line, a jeans line. It can actually be incorporated in skirts and shorts, literally anything that has a waistband. It does not have to necessarily be active leggings. Very good. Well, we look forward to seeing the product line evolve. And so what's next for Pixie? We talked about your timeline earlier. So we said that in November, you're going to be launching a fuller suite of products that listeners will be able to look at. But what's the long-term vision? We talked about the mission being to make cycling more accessible for women, but what's next? So I'm glad that you started off with what our mission is because I think what's next is going to be continuing to work on how do we make cycling more accessible from an indoor cycling perspective, from an outdoor cycling perspective, from a commuter rider perspective. So one of the things that we're really trying to do is start to build community. We want to start building communities in all the major cities in the U.S. Hopefully we'll be able to start using our brand ambassador group to start doing group rides, also doing indoor cycling rides together and building more of that sense of inclusiveness around the sport. And the other thing that we really want to continue to do is not only encourage through like our ambassador program, but also get more involved in charity rides and things like that. There's a lot of great organizations that have good causes that we'd love to rally around and support women getting involved in. And so before we let you go, you had a very generous offer for Electric Runway listeners. If you could tell us about that, I'm sure people will be excited to learn. Yes. So right now we are launching a pre-order campaign for our Ride and Rec legging, which includes our three-quarter length technical riding pant with a removable tushkush. It also comes with a mesh bag for you to put the tushkush into. As I mentioned earlier, all of it is machine washable. And we're offering a 20% discount to all of the Electric Runway listeners. So if you just go to our website at pixiecycling.com, you can put in the coupon code electricrunway, all lowercase, and that will give you 20% off. Great. And we will put that discount code up on the website as well as photos so that people can check it out and look at the leggings themselves, see them in action. Emily, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. you enjoyed hearing from Emily Welsh, the founder of Pixie Cycling. We invite you to visit electricrunway.com for more details. We'll have photos and links as we do for each episode, as well as additional links that we've used as resources to create this episode. As always, you can find out what we're up to on Instagram and Twitter. We're at electric underscore runway. That's it for today's episode. Until next time, here's looking towards the future. Music from today's episode by Andrew Applepie.